0: Okay, welcome to the class. So we're them for. Alice but Ito. Alice Bad <acceptable> Ito, anyone else? Don't shut about the roll out. For the Nishmat. For flavor. For the for. the roll out. about the roll Lul nishmat nava bat And r'fosh lema shachar ben Rachel. R'fosh lema zeva bat. Aziza Batamo Aziza And Ilana bat Ilana Aziza. Ilana Aziza. Tanya batima Sima. Tanya bat Sima. And my grandfather Daniel benajina So, we're going to be talking about tonight attracting wealth and trusting Hashem. It's actually a big mistake in the title of the class because it's not about attracting wealth. It's rather about allowing wealth. I'm gonna explain what I mean. But before we start with the miracles of Panasa, I wanna just share a short personal story. Um, so my grandfather's been very sick and this is not one to do with Panasa, but just about rather a concept that maybe could inspire you guys, maybe not, I don't know. My grandfather's been very sick and I want to share with you the power of prayer, not just in attracting, uh, getting upon Asa, but rather in your own personal life. So my grandfather's been very sick for the past, honestly, since I started creating content, he's been sick the whole time. And it's been very hard, he's diabetic, in and out of the hospital. So recently we got a phone call on Wednesday saying that he's probably gonna kaput, like finished. So we went to the hospital to see him for the last time on Sunday and all the family come gathering around the bed. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what can I do to, like, do it right? Like, in my life, I always try to do things right. Bring Hashem into the situation, like, show Him that, like, I'm involving Him in my life. So, I spoke to, like, a rabbi, and he told me, there's nothing you can do. Just, just show up, <laughs> you know? And I said, can I put feeling on him, maybe? He's kind of, like, not so conscious. And he's like, yeah, you could put feeling. Do I make a bracha? No, just put it on his head, and it's good enough. So, I start to put this feeling on his head. And we do it, and my mom starts to like cry. It's her father, she gets very emotional. Um, take this feeling off. So my mom tells me, she's like, what can, what can I do? So like, can I pray? And I, I gave her like, I had a tikkun aklali in my bag. It's tehillim, whatever. So I said, yeah, you, you could say this. So she says the tikkun aklali, then she gives it to me. And I start to really, really pray with kavanah. And I, I, I took upon myself something. And I promise you, the second that I finish with the, with the last like verse, with the last part of the psalm, he woke up. He woke up, and he's like, where am I? <laughs> like laughing, and everyone's like, "Like you know that? You come in with such intensity, and everyone like relaxes, like, Woo, we thought you were <laughs> He's like, where am I? What happened? I'm like, is it Wednesday? I'm like, no, it's Sunday. <laughs> and he starts talking, and now, thank God, he's getting better. So it's crazy. You know, you could really, with one strong tehilim or one strong prayer, you could really make a, a, a change in heaven. So let's just show you the power of prayer. Now into today's class. So we're going to be talking about allowing Parnassah and trusting Hashem. So I would say majority of the world, including myself, runs after money. We ask ourselves, what's the purpose of life? Is it to run after money? Do we need money to live? Do we want to you know, drive down, deal with a nice car or maybe buy a big house and spend $100,000 over the summer? Is it very necessary to live a good life? Do you need that? Do you need money in a relationship? Where does money come from? we're running after money so much and we're buying courses and trying different ways and asking people who are in the business how to teach us how to make money and, and all these different methods, but we're not using how Hashem instructed us how to make money. And in fact, when we leave today's class, we're going to understand very clearly exactly how to make money and exactly how not so hard it is. Because I'm not just reading you a book. I've actually applied these steps and if I told you how easy it is for me to make a living, you'd probably be shocked. So, 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 I just want to clarify. Everyone's looking how to make money, but if Hashem created the world and He created us and He created the Torah, which comes from the word Horaah which is instructions, how to live the best possible life, how to be happy, how to have peace, how to have shalom, how to get your soulmate, how to do all these things. He also teaches you how to make money. So the concept of wealth comes in the first time in the Torah by the desert. The man. The Mount would fall from the shemaim, and then they would have what they need for that day. It's actually a promise in this Sefer, that you're going to have every single day what you need. Hashem is going to provide you with exactly what you need every single day. There's no such concept in the Torah as 9 to 5. There's no such concept that I'm going to make $100,000 this year. No. Every single day, Hashem is going to give you exactly what you need. And it's funny because I see it in my own life. You know, today I didn't eat all day. And, I, and like, I was about to faint, it was six o'clock. I had to push my Gemara shiur from 4.30 to 5.30. And it was, and we learned in my shul. And I was about to faint leaving the shul. I'm like, oh, I have to go to now. I have to get ready. And out of nowhere, some guy, he brings in the dinner like two hours early, and he brought this big thing of like cholent, Chamin, whatever. And I'm like, whoa, Hashem gave me exactly what I needed when I was about to faint. I know it's a small example, but it happens every day if you just pay attention to it. Hashem is always sending you different messages. You just have to pay attention to what's happening in your life. So what happened in the the desert? The man will fall from the Shamaim and it would fall to their doorstep to the people that trusted Hashem. This shows you that the amount of Hishadut you have to do is to the extent that you trust Hashem. The people that trusted that Hashem was going to take care of them, they woke up in the morning and the man fell exactly to their doorstep. They wake up, they open the door, boom, there's the food for the day. If you try to take an extra portion, it's going to go spoiled because Hashem wants to teach you a lesson. You have to trust me in everything that you do. And the people that didn't trust Hashem, the man fell far. To the extent that they believed is to the extent that of how closer it came. Some people had to travel miles just to get their food for that day because they believed that I have to go to college and get a degree and they have to go far for their man. Okay? So what do I mean by allowing Parnassah? We're, we all have a neshama inside of us, right? We all have a neshama, a divine soul. And Hashem, since it comes from Hashem, from the Kisa HaKavod, it's a piece of God. You're... It's very big words. Your soul is a piece of God. It comes from your creator. The same way that you come from your parents, you have their DNA. Inside of you, you have a DNA that comes from Hashem. You know, it's a freaky thing. If you ever look into, I know like horoscopes now in Maslow, they're very popular. If you ever look into Sefer Yetzirah, not Googling, oh, I'm June 16, I'm a Gemini. No, if you look into Sefer Yetzirah, you could actually look at your exact birthday and, and your face, the way it's divided, there's three different compartments of your face. I think from here to here is Dibur, and then Maaseh, from your top lip to your eyebrow, and from your eyebrow to your forehead, it's Makshava. I, I could be wrong. But what it shows you is that if you take the, the pieces of your face and your birthday, your Hebrew birthday, and you know how to read it, and you show it to like someone, you can know everything about a person without, without them ever saying a word. And it changes throughout your life. What does that show you? It shows you that who, your soul, is in your body, it's a spiritual thing. Everything in this world, by the way, is spiritual. It's Hashem everywhere, Hashem in this cup, Hashem in the chips, it's everywhere. And I'll explain what I mean. But your soul, it, I wouldn't say reflects, it kind of like, like spurts out into your body. So the way that you look and your birthday, everything about you is designed perfectly from God. So you were designed from day one with a soulmate. You were designed from day one with Parnassah. You were designed with all these things from day one. What's the idea is that since you come from Hashem, Hashem wants to give you Parnassah. But we sometimes block him off. Your neshama is a keli. It's a vessel. It's, how do I explain? Think of it as like a cup, right? Imagine this is my neshama. So Hashem, every day, he wants to pour bracha into it. He wants to give you happiness. That's, that's the thing. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you salvation. He wants to give you everything that you want. But even more so, he wants you to re- relinquish what, he, what you want and to accept what he wants. And obviously by following the instructions in the Torah. But if Hashem wants to give you Parnassah, what do we do? We block it off by speaking Lashon as V'Shalom. For guys, for women, it could be immodesty, not just in how you dress and how you speak. Obviously, I'm not trying to be Mr. Extremist to everyone on their own level. Hashem doesn't want to see perfect children. He wants to see kids that are going to do their best. So if you have a certain struggle because of your certain luggage from your background, you need to do your best with what you have in order to overcome that surrounding and show Hashem that you're doing good. And you can, the keli is a fabulous thing because not only can you grow the keli, but you can also remove the blockages or remove the holes that you poke into them and allow Hashem to actually give you what He wants to give you. How do I give you an example? If someone, let's say a person speaks Hashem right? Roven says something bad about Shimon. Oh, uh, he's, he got a weird haircut. I don't know. He's a weird guy. Right? So now, Hashem wants to give you something that day. Let's say he wants to give you a raise. So that morning you're driving to work, you're talking to your friend. You know, Shimon looks funny. You hang up the phone, now you start to feel, you know, did I really wanna say that? You start to feel bad about what you said about your friend. Now, now that you feel bad, you're not gonna feel as confident as you would be if you woke up and went to nets and learned, let's say, to go in and ask for that raise. But since you're carrying that guilt with you and that shame, your whole day changes. Now you may think that it's guilt and that it's shame, but really it's a spiritual thing because you're damaging your soul when you're making a sin, right? It says in Tehilim, Kevat For me to be closer to Hashem is good for me, David HaMelech says. When, we're, when we do improper things, when we, when we use our mouth in an improper way, we're basically distancing ourselves from Hashem. It says in my Bar Mitzvah Parashah, Parashah Be'otcha, it says, how does the passage go? I forgot, one second. It says in my parasha. Oh, someone that guards his peeve, his mouth, his tongue, shomer he guards himself from bad things that can happen to his body. So why does it say, Rashi says, why does it say peeve, why does it say mouth and tongue? If you, if you don't guard your mouth from eating unhealthy foods, then you're hurting yourself. You're going to have sarot nafsho. You're going to have pain that comes to your body. And if you don't guard... The, the, the tongue from speaking, La you're going to hurt yourself. So it shows you that there's two different ways that you can use your mouth in order to serve Hashem, right? Is everything clear so far? If we use what Hashem gave us, our body, the keli, no, the, the, if, if, we, if we take the body that Hashem gave us and then sort of the soul into it and use it to go against him, it's going to be harder for Hashem to give us what he wants to give us. Is that clear with everyone, more or less? Yes. Awesome, Okay. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. If you take an expensive wine, there's no wine on this table. Anybody know an expensive brand? Help me out. The tier. The tier how do you say it? Uh, how much is that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, whatever, what Detir? Yeah, if you take a tier wine. <laughs> what? Oh, <not> <laughs> If you take a tier, right, that's how you say Yatir, yeah, Yatir. Yeah, Yatir, yeah, okay, Yatir, yeah. yeah, Baruch Hashem. If you take a Yatir and you try to pour it into a dirty cup or a cup that wasn't washed, you're not going to be able to taste the extent of how tasty the wine is. Right? Listening, doing? We're saying if you take a wine and you pour it in a dirty cup, you're not gonna enjoy it. Does that make sense? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Should we catch him up or keep going? uh, Come, come, sit closer. Big Sadiq over there. The need for speed, right? Speed, (laughs) speed, (laughs) get closer, Tadiq. Running, Tadiq. Running, yes. All (laughs) right. So Talek, you listening? <coughs> not this one. What's your name again? Eric. Eric. Very nice. So we're saying that if you take wine, right? You like to have wine on Shabbat. Your dad makes the kiddush, you take a little bit. If you take wine, right? And you pour it into a dirty cup or a cup that's not washed. Are you going to be able to taste the beauty of the wine? Of course not. Of course not. So if Hashem, right? If Hashem is the wine and he's trying to put a blessing into a dirty cup, Is the blessing gonna be able to go in the cup or maybe to penetrate the cup as much as it should? So that's it, it's very simple, one plus one is two. We all have vessels, if we damage the vessels, then then the bracha is not gonna be able to penetrate. If you want the bracha to penetrate, if you want the bracha to come in and not kind of go out, you have to clean the vessel. How do you clean the vessel? By working on yourself, not going to the mikveh, it helps, but clean yourself, do inner work. If you do inner work, you're gonna allow Hashem to give you. Remember, everything in life is not about attracting. I've been saying attracting for months, but I, Hashem opened my eyes today, I was learning with my rabbi. It's like, no, no such thing as attracting in life. By you having a soul, you're attracting. Hashem, you just have to allow Hashem to give you. You have to allow Hashem to give you the soul and to give you the panasah, and to give you the good moods, and to give you the happiness, and to give you everything that you need to succeed, to succeed. But you block it off by, going, by, by taking what he gives you and using it in the other direction, okay? And so there's, there's nothing wrong with Hashem. Hashem is great. There's nothing wrong with the wine. The wine is beautiful. There's a problem with us. We have to work on ourselves every single day. I know that it may sound overwhelming. I know that it may be coming from left field. But it says, dot, I call Adam, the rectifications of one negative character traits. That's the whole purpose of why you're here. We're, not here. We're here to learn Torah. It's great. We're here to try to live a Jewish lifestyle 100%. But at the end of the day, if you don't have Derech Eretz, Derech Eretz Kamal Torah. If you're not treating people with respect and being nice to people and trying to help out and trying to make sure you then what's the point of life, right? Derech Eretz Kamal Torah. This is what we're here for. And it goes to the extent, actually, there's a Gemara in, um, in Masach HaGitin. It talks about Titus. Anyone know what Titus is? He's the one that brought the, the G into the Beit HaMikdash, into Kodesh Kodesh, he made the sin in front of Hashem. So, and then the, the fly went into his head and then he ended up dying. Hashem wanted to teach him a lesson. So if you have a Chumash and you look, there's Rashi and there's uh, Unklus. Unklus was a convert. So before Unklus made his conversion, yeah, no, he's a convert, yeah, yes. So Unklus was a convert. So before Unklus made his conversion, before he made a conversion, he he brought down the soul of Titus because he wanted to ask him a questions. Titus was, I think his uncle or his grandfather, don't quote me, I'm not a rabbi. Um, Not a rapper. yeah, so he brought in the soul of Titus and he wanted to ask him a question. He wanted to ask him, Titus, you saw the whole, you were in Bet Mikdash, you were in Kodesh Kodashim, you did all this stuff. Is, is it real? Is Judaism real? Am I making the right step to convert? It was funny, right? <laughs> Whenever I hear people say I'm not a rabbi, I think of that, the, the, the thing I'm not a rapper. Anyways, <laughs> a rapper. Titus brought down. Not Titus. Unclus um, brought down Titus and he asked him, Titus, is this religion real? Am I converting into the right religion? And Titus, even though he saw the truth and even though he's burning in Geyenom and even though he saw everything, he told Unclus, um, no, it's not a real religion. Why? Because when he died, he didn't fix his midot. This goes to show you that if you leave this world, the world of the test, the door, without fixing something, you're going to carry it with you to Olam Ba. And that's the scariest thing that you can do. Because when, once you're in Olam Abba, you cannot fix anymore. When you're in the world of the truth, you can't fix it anymore. That's it. It's done. That's why you have to work in this world in order to become the best version of yourself possible. And not only that, to make the world around you a better place. You know, I sometimes look at myself in the mirror, and I don't recognize myself. Yesterday, I was in the city. I, it's funny. It goes to show you how you never know what's going to happen when you wake up in the morning. Yesterday, I left my house, and I decided for some reason to bring my camera with me. And... I don't know why. I I usually never bring it with me. I kind of, I'm trying to like take a break from social media. I'm like disgusted of it, honestly. It's too much filth. But for some reason, I wanted to bring my camera with me and I get a text, no offense to anyone, just personally after being on it, it's like my head's going crazy. Um, I brought my camera with me, I don't know why, and I get a text from a good friend of mine, Ronan Kamenetz. He tells me, I'm doing a Chanukat bite. Can you come in the city, five o'clock? And I'm like, you know what? Yes, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'll make it happen. Some reason, a miracle happened. My dad left me leave work. At an earlier time, my dad left me. My dad let me leave work, and a miracle happened. And I ended up going to the city. And I go to the Chanukah Beit, and I walk in, and it's me and him. We're setting up the Chanukah Bite and ten minutes go by, and Gadalia Fenster walks in. From nowhere. I'm like, what are you? I go to him like, what are you doing here? He's like, I came into the city for a day, my wife's birthday, and it's crazy because I, I brought my gear with me, so I had I had what to shoot content with. Um, so we ended up doing like 10 videos together. And then afterwards, uh, we drove, we, he, he needed a ride to Hudson, so I drove him there. Sorry. It's okay. He needed a ride to like somewhere in the city, so I drove him there. And so, so in the car, he told me, he told me, you know, Jonathan, it's pleasant to be around you now. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, when, when I first met you three years ago, when you first came to my house, you were crazy. You were like a Moroccan mess. Like, <laughs> like, like screaming, putting everybody in their place. Like, you, you were nuts and now it's like it's nice to be around you. You really worked on yourself He told me like you have a very intense energy But like you're learning how to you're learning how to channel it the right way Whether it may be going to the gym or praying whatever it is I'm, I'm trying to use outlets to let out the energy because that's the right thing that I need to do with what Hashem gave me all this power Right, you have to channel it out and not to put it on to anybody else, but it was just nice We had a whole conversation and then Oren called me in the car and I'm like Oren Guess who's here? He's like who? And Gedalia goes, hey, Oren Peso. And like, he's like, whoa, Gedalia. He freaked out. And we had, It was a very nice day. And just goes to show you that you, know, you never know when you wake up in the morning what's going to happen that day. You know, I saw him after like a year and we, had, we, we caught up in the car. We spoke for like 40 minutes. It was very nice. Um, but yeah, so if you really work on yourself for a long period of time, you're going to notice it. And not only will you notice it, but the people around you are going to notice that you're making a difference in yourself. They're going to tell you. It's going it's to happen naturally. But I want to I mention, when you first try to work on yourself, Everyone's gonna be against you. The Yetzirah, the evil inclination, right? He's he's gonna make it very difficult for you to work on yourself because he's gonna make the people around you and your environments do everything in its will in order to make you not do that decision you wanna do. For a girl, it may be trying to keep Shabbat or maybe retailing, whatever it is, or trying to dress more modest. People are gonna tell you, oh, you're trying to be more religious. Why are you doing that? For me, it happened too. When I tried to stop talking in shul, everybody started talking to me in shul. Like it just, it's crazy what happens. So when you try to start working on yourself, all the opposition is going to be against you. But remember, when you have opposition in life, everyone paying attention? When you have opposition in life, it means that you're doing something good. When you're not, grow- when you're not growing and you're stable and everything is easy, it means... <laughs> when you're not growing in life, right, and it means that everything is easy, it means that the SR leaves you alone because he wants to leave you put. He wants to leave you put. But when you try to grow, you're gonna face opposition. So when, you, when things start to get hard, knowing, know that you're doing something right. Like when you, go to, when, I, when you go to the gym, when you lift, if the weight's too east, it's too light, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna break the muscle fibers in order to rebuild them. So when the weight's hard and it's heavy, you're doing something good. Okay, next. Oh, so the Ram, there's a proof to everything that I was saying, by the way. The Ramchal says that, that, that the sun is gonna beam, right? It's gonna beam into the house. But when you put the window shade, it's going to block the sun. The sun is the bracha that Hashem is trying to give you. So the Ramchal says, if you close the window shade, it's suddenly dark. Does that mean that the sun stopped beaming? No. It means that you just put up the window shade. So when you put up blockages, it's hard for Hashem to give you what He wants to give you. So put up the window shade and allow Hashem to shine into your house. Okay? The best thing that a person can do to receive What Hashem wanted to give him is to learn Torah, and that's for the men. And for the women, it's sniut and lashonara. What do I mean by this? The most difficult thing for a person to do is usually when they're going to find the most accumulation of good. So for a man, it says in the Torah, Chazar says, (laughs) Barati yetzahara, barati torah I made the evil inclination, and I made the Torah, which is the Torah Tavlin. I made this voice in you that wants to always do bad. But I gave you a cure. You have a headache, you take an Advil Tylenol, you feel better. I gave you this bad in you, but I also made the Torah, which is the, which is the cure. So when you learn Torah, you're not only coming closer to Hashem, but you're eliminating the bad in you. People sometimes say, I wanna, I wanna achieve financial freedom. I wanna, I wanna have money so I can travel the world. Do you know what that means, really? If you want to have financial freedom, it means that you're like a goldfish. What do I mean by that? You know, a goldfish, if you go to an aquarium and you see a goldfish, and he's in a, what's it called, uh, the cage or whatever, he's swimming around, right? He's swimming around, and he looks. If you ask him, he thinks he's free. And if you put the goldfish in a bigger container, he's still going to swim around, and he's still going to think that he's free. But if we look at the goldfish, we're going to laugh at him. Because while he thinks that he's free, he's limited, he's in an aquarium, he's on Coney Island, he can't go anywhere, he's stuck. That's what financial freedom is because that, if, if your goal is financial freedom, then that, that's what freedom means to you, then you're a goldfish. What's true freedom? And it may sound crazy, defeating the yetsahara. Sahara. Why? Because when you defeat the yetsahara, one day at a time, one bad mood at a time, one moment of growth at a time, You're allowing yourself to be who you truly are. When you, when I learned Gemara, right, this past Shabbat, I learned Gemara for three hours. And don't think I'm some rabbi, I never do that. For some reason, I just, I I needed more of the Shabbat to learn. When I left the Shiur after three hours of drilling the Gemara into my head, I started to breathe. I was like, whoa, different thoughts, different positive thinking, a whole different person. That's who I truly am in that moment. I want to learn more and I want to pray more and my praying is stronger and everything is clear. I'm not worried about when the girl's in the car, I'm not worried about the money, I'm not worried about nothing and I'm completely happy and I feel pure. What happens? An hour goes away and the, thoughts, the, the, the negative thoughts start to creep back in. A day goes by and you don't learn the same, it gets worse, a week, even worse. Uh, and Munah is like a muscle. You have to train it every day. I can give you a strong class now and you'll have a hundred percent of Mona, but if you go a week or two without it, then they go from a hundred to, to eighty. You go a month, it'll go down to 60. You go six months, it'll go down to 10%. Before you know it, you'll be doing the things that the old you used to do. It's not that when you grow, you eliminate the person that you used to be. I can choose to meditate on me when I used to go to parties and clubs, and I can remember that person very clearly. It's just that I'm, I'm actively mitzvah with mitzvah every single day. I'm actively choosing to grow and to choose a certain path, and I'm working hard at it every day, and I'm advancing my consciousness. But if I stop working on myself, I'll go back to who I used to be. You can become overweight if you stop going to the gym and you stop caring about your diet. It's the same exact thing. When you stop to grow and to come closer to Hashem and to actively do it, you can become the person you were in a second. It'll happen very slow, but the Yetzirah is very smart. He doesn't make you go back in a second, he makes you go back with time, because with time you get weaker. That's why it's so important to schedule a time to learn every single day and for the woman to work on its Newton and the Dibur. Why? Because the woman. It's the source of the Panasa. And I'll explain to you how. The Torah says this, not me. Oh, and by the way, um, for those of you that think making a lot of money will give you an amazing life, the Mishnah and Pirkei Avot says, "ben Nechasim, I'm working on doing a podcast now with Harry Ajmi, and I don't know if you guys know him, but he's very, very popular. And I speak to him, and I sometimes, after I get off the phone with him, I kind of feel bad for him. Because yes, he's doing amazing things, but he's always like, I'm Harry, I can't talk. It's, it's, hard. it's hard to talk to someone that is always, Hashem blessed him with Panasa, and he's doing the right thing, and he's not a huge Olam But here you go. Why do you want this kind of a lifestyle? It's not easy. It's not easy to have a lot of money. You know, however the means that you make it, it's all spiritual, but it's not an easy thing to do. It's a lot of worry. When you have a big business and you and you can make a, a half a million dollars in one day, it's a lot. It's a lot of responsibilities. You know what it's like to have four people knocking on your door nonstop, begging you after marry my daughter, after marry my son. I have a problem. My son has cancer. It's a lot of stress to carry. And he goes to sleep with the with the community's burden. That's why I kiss his hand. The guy, he's he's a malach. But it's not a simple lifestyle. And like I said, the freedom. You're gonna be like a goldfish. People are gonna look at you. That's not the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to come closer to Hashem. If Hashem happens to bless you, fine, but work on yourself first and then get the money. Why do you want to make that the whole purpose of the game? It's not the purpose of the game. The purpose of the game, like it says in Misat Ishaim in the first page, and if you bring it to me, I'll show it to you. The purpose of life is to one day be able to gain benefit from the holy light. To go to Ulam you know that if you're able to take Ulam Abba, and you're able to take all the pleasure in this world from the beginning of time. And what do I mean by that? You take LeBron flying on a, on a fancy jet and uh, Donald Trump sitting in front of the country and, and delivering an amazing speech. It's, it's a pleasure. It's a, it's a good feeling to give a good speech or LeBron to win the title. All that pleasure and for the, the Greeks and the Spartans and from all, all the ancient history, if you take all the pleasure and in being intimate with the other, gen- all these things from the beginning of time until now and you... All the pleasure, even you, even me giving, making a bracha and the seltzer, it tastes good. If you take all that from the beginning of time until now, all the pleasure, it's not even one second of Ulam Abba. So that shows you how much pleasure do we have in our own lives? How much pleasure do we accumulate? Nothing, nothing. The purpose of life is not to run after your desires. Like a fox chasing his tail. That's, that's not the purpose of life. And running after money is not the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to come closer to Hashem and to hopefully one day, the name is Amen. Money is like toilet paper. You need it to live, but we don't live for it. Does everybody get that? You can, you, you can by the way, you could stop me and ask me questions. I'm saying crazy things right now. Money is like toilet paper. You need it to live, but you don't live for it. You need it to live, but the problem is, is that we don't live for it. So now the question becomes, what do we live for? What are we living for? If we need money to live and to pay for our expenses and to pay for the beautiful food on the table and the house that we're sitting in and the electricity and the water bill, we need that, right? But are we living for it? It's a big part of our day and a big part of our lives and a big part of our brain's consumption. But what are we truly living for? You know, there's a Pasuk, I wrote it down somewhere. Here, it says in the (laughs) Chazal, When you come to the conclusion that you're living for Hashem and that you're living to fulfill His Torah because He instructed you to do that and you dedicate time to... You know, the Rambam says, technically, you have to learn Torah nine hours a day. Even in this generation. The problem is we don't trust Hashem. But halva, if everybody in the world trusted Hashem and learned Torah nine hours a day, all the Jews, Syrians, Moroccans, Persians, everybody trusted Hashem and they learned Torah all day, Hashem would make it that we would still survive and thrive. Now, by the way, the things that I'm telling you, it may be hard to hear, it may not be hard to hear, but ultimately, when you do choose to come closer to Hashem and to learn His Torah and to become more like Him, it gives you a better life. I cannot tell you the miracles that I've seen in my own life from connecting to Hashem, just sacrificing, just wanting more for myself, giving myself a chance at greatness. I may not ever become um, the person, I don't even want to be a rabbi, I don't want to, I just wanna make the world around me a better place. I started this whole mission with my phone, <laughs> my best friend. I started the whole mission just to make the world around me a better place. Just to, you know, someone once asked me, why do you make a video every day? What if it doesn't do well? If there's one person that needs to see it, it's worth it for me. If there's one person that, needs, that, that sees the content when he just is down and it doesn't get any likes, I don't care about that. If there's one guy that needs to see the video, it's worth it for me. Cause I don't want someone else to ever be in my shoes. And, 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 that, and, that's, and that's what we're living for. We're living to make the world a better place. And I want you guys to taste what I taste every single day. I drive a BMW. I hate the damn car. I just had to pay $10,000 to fix it because of all the problems that it has. I'd much rather be in a Toyota or something. I, I, I legit, you can see outside, I have X5. I hate the damn car. All the problems that it gives me every day. There's a new problem in the German, to, uh, in, or, in order to get the, 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 the products from Germany and it's so expensive. Oh, what, to go to, to, to go 25 with the Toyota and with all the speed cameras in Brooklyn, it's not Chavez. The Rolls-Royce and the Toyota are going the same speed limit. Yeah, maybe a little bit more of a comfortable drive and it's nice. I'm not trying to say that don't drive a nice car. But ultimately, if you taste the sweetness of Torah, nothing worth, there's nothing better than that. I've seen myself, a rabbi there I learned with, Rabbi Rahimi, he drove to my, he drove to my house one time to learn with me. The guy is in the broken down car and he's like smiling more than ever. His car, his car is, is filled with, you know, uh, sfarim and everything. He doesn't have the whole luxury. He has like a 2008 Ford, I do not even Escape or something. But he's a lot happier than I am because he knows the purpose of life. All you have to do is open it up and read it a little bit and here you go. Instructions to life, read it. Your soul connects. That's the food, right? You eat when you're hungry. This is not so healthy, but whatever, something. You eat when you're hungry, you drink when you're thirsty. But like Rabbi Joey Haidt said in one of my videos, when you give the soul drink, when it needs food, you're not going to feel content. When you give the soul um, a vape or a club or a table or a G or an unhealthy relationship or anything, it's not going to feel content. You have to give the soul what it needs. I've been to clubs, I've been stupid things, happiness is not there. You don't need to run to the city when you have it right in front of you. This book costs like $20, hello? <laughs> it's, it's right in front of us. It's, it's, it's so sweet, it's so sweet because it makes you realize that your answers are not on YouTube and they're not in the rich person's pocket. I've spoken to millionaires, I've actually spoken to one billionaire. I've, I've, I've been around these people, I've been in this life, the answers are not there. They're not going to teach you how to make money. Gedalia, you know, I asked Gedalia yesterday, I'm like, you know you know how to make money, obviously. How do you do it? He told me, Jonathan, I received my biggest breakthroughs when I trusted Hashem. 99% of the, of the Parnassah is from Hashem. 1% is Yehish And I actually disagree with him. I would say that it's 100% because of what I'm about to tell you very soon. So money is not the goal. If the goal is money, right? Is everyone following so far? Am I clear? Talking too fast. I can go back, revise, cut me off. I don't care. It's okay. Okay. If the goal is money, it's a trap because you'll never, you'll never get enough money, right? The Gemara says, "What's in my name? What's in my time? What's in my time? What's the Abba?" It never ends. If you, if you want, if you have one, you're gonna want two. You're gonna want two. You're gonna have four. Once you have five cards, you want ten. Private jet, you want three of them. It doesn't, it doesn't stop, right? So if the goal is money, it's a trap. If the goal is kavod, it's a trap. You're never gonna get the most respect from people. You're never gonna get honor. You're never gonna get the validation that you're looking for, right? You're never gonna get the social acceptance. You're never gonna get any of those things. But the idea is, is that when you're full yourself, you don't need those things. And what fills you up? This. I never had a therapist before in my life. And I'm not bashing anybody that has a therapist. I think it's an amazing thing to do. But when I tell you, that your trauma, and your difficulties, and your shortcomings, and everything bad that has happened to you can really be fixed by learning Torah, I mean it. Because, because a, th- a therapist can agree with you in your rish'ut. You know, a Christian guy can go to a church and confess to the priest that he just molested three kids, and, the, and he gives the priest $100,000, but the priest will tell him, oh, you're good, uh, bless you. You know uh, what it is holy water sprinkle? paraduma, right? He's good, but I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Oh, right. So you can go to a therapist or you, whatever. Go to the priest. You, you you could you could look to different extents to make yourself feel better. But you're just going down a path that doesn't exactly have an end. That's going to be healthy for you, and it's going to be conducive to your own growth. The only thing that will really heal your mind and the negativity inside of you, and the bad mood that you possess, and the anger or the stinginess, whatever it may be, whatever we all have inside of us, the only thing that could really help that is the Torah. Because when you're connecting to eternal good, and an infinite source of blessing, and an infinite source of good, it's impossible not to be like it. You know, when I'm around a big rabbi, or around a guy like Gedalia, I feel really good for the next week because I'm around the source of good. So when you surround yourself around the source of good, it's impossible not to feel good. And it really heals you. The Torah heals your soul. It heals your nefesh. It heals the broken pieces inside of you. God forbid if you were ever with a a goya or a goy, or I don't know, had a hard upbringing, or went through difficult things, or got bullied as a kid, anything difficult that you went through in your life, think of it, you name it. Anything difficult, this heals. The Torah will heal all your difficulties. I promise you, try and it works. I'm not just preaching. Try and it works. So, the goal of life is to become a big tzaddik. That's the goal. And if you're worried what's going to happen to you when you become a big tzaddik, there's a pasuk in that says, Korah Torah me'oni, sofo be'oshe. Okay, Jonathan, you, you convinced me, I'm going to yeshiva, but how am I going to make money? What do I do? If your Torah is real... You're going to have the money. Because Chazal says, someone that learns Torah starting from being poor, his ending is going to be with wealth. Look at Rabbi Eli Mansour. He doesn't come from a rich background, I think, right? Or Rabbi Meir, did. used to be a businessman. All these people, they sacrificed their life for the Torah. And now look at them. They're making the same, if not more money. And they're, it came true. Look at Chachamovadia. He grew up in, uh, I think, Egypt, right? And he came from... Where? Someone say something? Oh. No, <laughs> oh. <laughs> he, grew up in, he grew up in Egypt. He came, from, he came from poverty. And in the end, he became Chacham Ovad Yosef. He had a lot of money to give. All these people that started from nothing and became something, all just by learning and making the world a better place. Hashem will give it to you. You just have to allow it. Right? So now, to conclude with the, finance, the finances, I want to make every girl in this room smile. Okay? You listening? Men, pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) The Gemara and Baba Metziah says, What? Where's my husband? Ring him. (laughs) The Gemara and Baba Metziah says, the key to Beracha is the wife. What do I mean by Beracha? The wife, everyone pay attention. This This could change. What I'm about to say in the next five minutes is gonna change your life. We're gonna be done in 20 minutes. Okay, then you can leave. I'm sorry for coming late. The Gemara says in Baba of Metziah, the key to Beracha is the wife. The wife is the keli to specifically Parnassah. Okay? Now, everyone heard what I just said? The wife is the keli to the Parnassah. Now I'm going to tell you a crazy chidush. It's going to make it very clear. Okay, now I, need, I now need some people's help. When Hashem created the world, He created an Adam and... Steve. Not Steve, Right? Very good. Adam and Eve. Hashem Hashem created Adam and Chava. What did Hashem say to Chava? Do not eat from the tree. And who came along? Mr. Right? Mr. Snake. And what did he do? He persuaded her to eat from the tree. Now for those of you who don't know, there was not supposed to be death in the world. They were supposed to be alive till today. Everything was supposed to work till today. Say it again. That's the second punishment. That's no, okay. I was getting to. Chazak <laughs> the the the, sec- the, second, the first punishment was death that he introduced, and the second punishment was the, uh, pain pain during child labor, and that also introduced a punishment to Adam for not like holding her back and being more um, a better husband, you can say. It Introduced the punishment of bezeat to tochal before Adam before Chava ate from the tree and made Adam eat from it too. That's too Kabbalistic. I'll make it simpler. Um, When Adam used to walk around, he used to be able to just, you know, I want seltzer. Okay, here's seltzer. I want candy. Oh, here's candy. Everything he wanted was right in front of him. He didn't have to work for it. He would literally just think of something and it would would sprout out of the ground and he would have it. I want an apple. I want wheat. Not an apple, obviously. Uh, I want a peach. I want an orange. Whatever I want. He would just be able to have it. It was ready for him. Ready-made. Even bread. Everything. But... When he ate from the tree, Hashem introduced the punishment to the world, to adam, and for chava, uh, those, those two curses, death and pain during childbirth. Those of you who may not know, is actually another curse that the woman has. Not a curse, rather. Uh, it's a it's part of who she is. She's a ezer kenegdo. She's like a servant, but not really a servant. She's more so like a reflection of the men, right? She helps him. She's she's Ezer. She's a helper, but She's constantly against him. So she's there to help you, but in order to help you, she has to oppose you constantly, <coughs> right? So there's a lot going on here, right? How does this relate to what, anything? Make it very clear. Hashem works midah. Can get midah? Measure for measure. So everything that you do in your life, you're gonna see it hit you back exactly how you ordained it. Is how it's gonna come right back and smack you in the face. So, I heard a beautiful chidush. If Adam relieves Chava of his curse, then Hashem will relieve Adam of his curse. What does that mean? Adam has like an advantage. Obviously, he can't relieve her of pain during childbirth and he can't relieve her of death. He's not God. But he could relieve her of the Ezek and Erdo. How? Technically, a man, he's physically stronger than the woman. He can come home and say, where's my food? It's not ready. Instead of eating and being simple and going to eat hummus and crackers and just to relax and go to sleep, he has to be an ape and, and be a Moroccan, you know? <laughs> no. You have to constantly, men, right? Men, when you get married, including me, all of us, men, right? You have to constantly make it your effort to make the woman the queen. Not only the queen, but give her more respect than you give to yourself. When Abraham built Sarah's tent, he built, no, when Abraham built a tent, he built Sarah's tent first. He didn't build his tent first, I'm Abraham. Uh, no, no, he built her tent first to teach you a lesson. The woman always comes first. She possesses everything. And the better that you want your mazal to be, if you want to grow her keli, treat her with respect. That means nice words, listening before you speak, trying to put yourself in her shoes. It's a constant avodah. But the beauty of it is that the woman helps you become the best version of yourself possible if you actually pay attention to it. And if you actually make it your mission on a daily basis to make the woman the happiest on the planet. You know, I once spoke to my rabbi, I spoke to him many times, not my rabbi, a rabbi from Lev Aran. We spoke many, many times on the phone and I don't remember anything from what we said, but I remember one thing. And this one thing was probably worth all those phone calls. And it wasn't even part of the conversation. One time we're talking on the phone and in the middle of the phone call, uh, I think his daughter was leaving the house and he stops. He's like, Jonathan, one second. And I hear him I hear him telling her, I love you. You're so beautiful. Go have fun. And I told him, what? And when he came back, I'm like, that was weird. What are you What are you doing? He's like, and, he, and he's like, whoa, what do you mean? He's like, why are you telling her you love her before she leaves? What's the point of that? He's like, are you nuts? I'm like, no, explain. And he said, if I don't, instill in my daughter, in my children, and in my wife, a hundred times a day, if not more, that I love them, that they're beautiful, and that they mean the world to me. If I don't give them that validation, they're gonna seek for it on the street. I don't wanna, I don't wanna have them go on the street. I'm the man of the household. Being the man doesn't just mean to bring the Torah to the house and to, and to pay the bills. It means to make sure that everybody in your house is emotionally happy and healthy and available and ready to take on the world. That is the job of the man. Being a man is, is a difficult job, but you could do it. You could be the psychologist and the doctor and the breadwinner. You could do all these things. It's possible for you. just have to believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, your world's going to change. It's going to mashpia onto your wife. And unto, you can either complain and say, honey, life is so hard and be a loser. Or you can go out and hold the sword up and be victorious and, and they'll, they'll admire you for that they'll see your hard work. Women are not stupid, they see, the Gemara says they're nine times smarter than the menace. Nine times. They see everything. So if you want that easy Parnassah, from the moment, even before you come home, Gedalia once told me, before I come home, I do a Hid Bode Dut outside. I come home with a hell of a day, and before I come in, I give it to Hashem. The business deal didn't go right. This went wrong, my (laughs) target. It's funny because my license plate is BH 613. And when we came outside to go into the car, literally the, the, the ticket officer, he was right there and he gave me a ticket. And he goes, don't worry, my, t- my car gets towed. It's even worse than Miami. <laughs> so, you know, you can come home with all those issues and then you're hungry and you throw it onto the wife and now she feels bad and now, the, now you're arguing and the kid's hear, why? Give it to Hashem. What are you, the poor girl? She didn't, she didn't make the problem. Hashem made the problem. So give it to, give it to him. He gave it to you, you're you're, you're upset, hello, Judaism is not a religion, it's a relationship. Make that relationship with Hashem so you can give Him all your problems. And when you give Him all your problems and you take a deep breath, you come home and now now is your next job. This is what it is. The women are very sensitive and the Torah talks about it everywhere. People say that, oh, uh, you know, gender roles in society, uh, the, the Torah is the most feminist religion in the world. Where do you see your religion that prioritize respecting women so much and putting them in front of you and doing things for them first? You know, if a man has a lot of money, he's supposed to, before he buys himself something, buy his woman everything. He's supposed to always put the girl first. And obviously to the extent that he has to buy her things. If she wants a Louis Vuitton purse, but his salary doesn't amount to that, then that's her problem. He doesn't have to buy her crazy things. But if he can afford lavish things, then buy her lavish things. But to the amount that you have is to the amount that you should give, right? Like we said last time, I think, right? Have, have. have means to give. That's why dogs bark. Have, 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 give me food. If you want to love the woman, give her unconditionally. Because when you give her pieces of yourself, you're instilling in her pieces of you. You're instilling in her your time and your listening ear and your affection and your attention and your availability. That's going to allow you to love her more. When you come into a relationship with a taker mentality, you're really a selfish person and you're in it for yourself. Someone that's in it for the other person is someone that's constantly thinking how to make that other person's life a better life. It doesn't mean to be codependent and to think about them all day. It means to be Healthy as you are, and to have your life, but to always remember, my wife is the priority. If my wife says no, it means no. If she says yes, fine. If you if you want to become a rabbi and go to a shi- uh, not be- act like a rabbi and go to a shiur every day, but when your wife's at home suffering, that's actually a mitzvah a uh, avera, because mitzvah ba be avera and no mitzvah. When your wife tells you stay home with me and watch with me this movie, and you don't want to watch the movie, but you but, but you but you really you really want to go to shiur, you have to sit home and watch that movie because she may be pregnant and she may need you in that house. She may need you to be there with her, and you say no, I'm going to shiur. It's more important. Sixty thousand mizvot an hour. You know, um torak and Nagit kulam. It's more important than this. The answer is no. Yes, but when there's a Sakana, you're supposed to stop learning and go help that person's life. Go save that person's life. And when you look at your wife with that with that view that this is my everything and I have to live to make her life the best life because obviously I'm only going to receive it back. She's not going to... Become a maqshaifa and take everything from you. No, she's not she's no right? Whatever you put into her is what you're gonna see happen in your own life. Whatever you put into the girl is what you're gonna see directly, reflect, and come back into you. And I'm not just speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. I'm not married, I'm preparing myself for marriage, which is what we should all do. Because right now, as single men in this room, the time is not to escape, the time is to put in the work. Because when you put in the work now, and when you when you get married and the women too obviously, when you get married, all the work that you put in and all those nights when you wanted to go and you didn't go and you wanted to do this. And you didn't, and Shabbat, you didn't break it. It's hard. It's hell. But like we said, on the flip side of opposition is growth. You want to stay, you want to stay, you know, you want to get high and avoid your life. Fine. Yitzhak yeah, is not going to bother you. He's going to leave you exactly where you are. But you want to start to become great. You want to start to live life the way Hashem wants you to live it. It's going to be hard. But you know what? There are certain moments in the day where it's really all worth it. So that's basically the Chidush. When 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 the man relinquishes, when the man relinquishes the woman of her curse from Hash, that Hashem kind of ordained onto her, right? Instead of taking advantage of what he can do to her, he, he he flips it, and not only does he treat her with respect, but he makes her the queen of his world. Hashem will relieve him of his curse. So you want to make a lot of money become the best version of yourself possible. When you work on yourself, you're gonna to start to allow Hashem to give you. You're not happy with your job, you're not, you don't like the direction your life is taking, whatever it may be, I've been there, we've all been there, if we just don't like certain things in our life, you're exactly where you need to be. Obviously, if you consult with a rabbi or or a mentor or someone and you know your job is not healthy or your lifestyle is not healthy because your your boss is just you know he's just a douche, he's not mean he's he's mean to you, he's not nice, whatever it may be, then yeah, it's time to go. Sorry for the language, just being honest. If, if, if some things are not healthy for you, then don't stay there. But if you're complaining because you just don't want to get up and go to work, then that's your problem. You have to show up to life. If you don't show up to life, how do you want to Hashem to show up and give you? Everything It's more so rather a realization that everything is exactly the way it needs to be. All you have to do is to wake up with the realization and smile that I'm exactly where I need to be. I just need to show up to my life. And the more that I show up to my life and try to work on myself and grow my vessel, after six months, I'm gonna say, whoa, I became a whole different person. And things that were once hard for me are now a joke for me. The most difficult relationships in your life They possess the most happiness, the most difficult things in your life. They possess the most reward. So that one thing that you're running away from and you don't even want to think about it for a split second, give it devotion, give it time, actually try to work on it, you're gonna see it's not so bad because you're gonna be able to do it. When a person tries to do a mitzvah, Hashem gives you an extra Nisayatat Yishmaya. And I'm not just speaking, I'm speaking from my own experience. When I didn't want to get up and go to the hospital and see my grandfather dying there, I decided to do it. I decided to walk in and to do it. And, I'm like, and, and since I'm a creator, not a follower, I'm, 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 I'm not a consumer, I, I walk in and I'm like, you know what, what can I do to make this better? I didn't want to come here today, but I came. I didn't want to go to Shachrit that morning, but I went to Shachrit. Now that I'm in the hospital, now that I'm trying to do better, what can I do here now? I go in the room, trying to make it positive vibes. Read the tahilim, and then he woke up. That's it. You just have to believe in yourself and things will get better. And that's one example I can give you millions every single day. Every single day. But the more that you work on yourself, I promise you, you're going to be able to do it. And this is directly connected to what we're saying about Parnassah. You want to allow, not attract. Hashem, you're you're attracting because you have a soul, right? It's like a magnet. Hello, give me, give me. Yeah, it's working. Hashem is working. Hashem is not the problem. We're the problem. I'm the problem. If you want to allow Hashem to give you, work on yourself. Hashem will give you the soulmate. Tomorrow, now, amen, he'll give it to you. Just allow him to give it to you. He wants to give it to you. You think Hashem doesn't want you to be under the chuppah? Hello? He wants that more than anything. He doesn't want to give you your other half, the treasure that you're looking for your whole life. But, but make sure you don't, have, you don't have a mixed wedding. Don't, don't spit in Hashem's face that night. Do things the right way. Follow Hashem's way. You think Hashem doesn't want to give you a panasah so you can give tzedakah and make the world a better? Why not? But allow it. So allow Hashem to trust you, so that when He gives gives you the money, you're not going to go waste it in the city. Like you know what I mean? Like allow Hashem to give it to you. And by the way, all these things—they're fallacies. They're not real. Money is not happiness. I've been around a lot of wealthy people this week specifically. I was in the city two days. I was around very affluent forty-year-old Syrian guys, slick back, six-pack, no wife. I, I saw the jet set life. It is so pointless. Yes, you go to Rothschild or to I don't even know Lamaray, whatever, but you come home alone. Nothing there. Okay, let me go on Hinge and look for the Jewish girl. No, it's not life. That's not life. Life is the Torah, the Kiddushah. You can make a lot of money. But, but then what? Then what? No. You, you Allow Hashem to give you money by working on yourself. And when you work on yourself and you get exactly what you need, then you're going to be able to use that to success. So now that that's finished, can I have 10 minutes of your time? Yes? 10 more minutes and we're done. Now that we understand that money is not the solution, nothing is the solution, the Torah is the solution. Is that clear? Or am I going crazy? It's clear? Very good. Now that that's clear, I'm going to teach you another chidush. Not only are you going to leave here knowing that the wife is going to help you make the panasa and making the Torah is going to give you the better life and everything is fine, just show up and do your best and it's, everything else will be okay. Now you're going to understand and you don't have to work. Wow. Sick, no? No more works. No more phone calls. Up. <laughs> now you're going to see how you're not going to even need to work. Wow. I'm excited, right? No more working. going to be sick. i tomorrow. <laughs> this is the Sha'a B'Itachon, for all you don't know. The Chavot explains why Hashem made man engage in his in order to obtain his basic needs instead of making them effortless, effortlessly available to him. Right? Let's go into the fabulous kiddush. Should I read it in Hebrew or just go to the English? Let's go to the English. I'll explain. The reason that Hashem made it necessary for a man to seek out and engage in various means in order to obtain his livelihood, and likewise to—I'll say it in my own language. Basically, why why you have to work is for two reasons. There's two. There's two reasons why there's a, such a, such, a, such a thing called hichdalut, right? Number one, Hishtadlut is in order to keep you busy, not to sin. In English, it says it right here, right? The, the first, there's two reasons. The first reason is that Hashem basically wants to keep you busy, so you're not going to sin. So Hashem designed you a test every single day in your own life that's going to demonstrate this reason. The test involves the soul's need for and lack of things that are external to it, such as food, drink, clothing, shelter, and marital relations. So your soul has to obtain these things elsewhere, outside of itself. So we have to go out and do things in order to obtain what our soul needs. And Hashem commanded your soul to go about obtaining these things through means that are available for it in specific ways and at particular times, not to work 24-7. And whatever Hashem has decreed that a person will attain will be attained and concluded through Hashem's providing him all the means needed to attain them. So basically, like I said, everything you have and wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. And whatever Hashem did not decree that he would attain will not be attained. So whatever is not decreed is not decreed. Whatever is going to happen, basically what that means in English is that you do your best and the outcome is not up to you. Why does he make more? It's not your business. For the means by which to attain them will be withheld from him. In this way, a person's service of Hashem or alternatively his violation of Hashem will, becomes very clear. By way of his resolve and choice to engage in one's means of obtaining his needs, his reward and punishment are dictated by his resolve and choice even if he does not in fact carry out. So basically what this means is is that Hashem is going to test you every single day. In English, Hashem wants to keep you busy. If if Hashem keeps you busy by doing Ishtalut, you're not going to go out and sin, right? Because as we all know, especially men, if we're bored, what happens? You know, I don't need to finish. That's number one. Everyone clear? Why do we do Ishtalut? To keep us busy. Very good. And that's if we're not learning Torah, by the way. Second reason. The second reason is that if men would not have to exert himself to pursue and to engage in various matters in order to obtain his livelihood, he would become smug and rebel against Hashem and run after sins, and would not pay attention to what he owes Hashem in return for his goodness to him. As it is stated, There are harp and lyre and drum and flute and wine at their drinking parties. And they would not contemplate the deed of Hashem and would look at his handiwork. A life of leisure causes a person to shirk his duties towards Hashem. As it says, your shroom became fat and kicked. You became fat, you became thick, you became corpulent, etc. So basically, stay busy in order to not go out and seek leisure. Torah study is good, together with an occupation, for the exertion spent on both of them together causes them to be forgotten. And any Torah study... Okay, let's skip this part. It was out of compassion for man that the Creator made him busy with obtaining things he needs for his existence, etc., etc., and not have the leisure to seek to know things that he has no need to know, and which in any case he cannot grasp with his mind. As Shlomo Amalekh said, um, he has also put the world into their minds so that man should not find what God has done from beginning to end. Okay, now we're gonna get to the fun part. So basically in English, what I just said is two things. The first reason of why we have to do Ishtaddu is so that we should be busy. The second reason of why we have to do Ishtadu is because Hashem wants to see, are you on team H or are you on team A? H stands for Hashem, A stands for Avera. Why do you have to go to work? Hashem is constantly testing you. You get upset at the boss, you control yourself. You go, you go to a meeting with a goyash, she reaches out to shake your hand, you decide not to shake her hand. I'm on team Hashem. I'm not, just because I'm in China, I'm not going to shake your hand and probably get a room with you after. No, I'm not doing that. I'm holding myself back because I am on team Hashem. It's a real thing. Hashem tells you. Okay, maybe not not such an extreme example, right? You're eating dinner, right? And you really want to appease the owner of the company and they're serving not kosher fish and his wife made it. Are you going to eat it or not? Are you going to appease him? It's okay. It's fish. It's not me. It's fine. No. Team Hashem. You have to always (laughs) choose... Wow, someone did it. (coughs) Not all of it. Fitness skills. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you have to always... You have to always choose team Hashem. So the, the, the sole two purposes of why you go to work is to keep you busy. And for Hashem to see, are you on His team? Or are you on the me, I can do it team? Or on the that team? Or on the by my course team? No. You go to work for Hashem to test you. Every single moment of the day is a test. And that's, that's how Hashem basically wants to see if, if you're on his team or not. If you're home all day, he can't test you. But when you go out to work in all of our different jobs and occupations, Hashem is testing us every single day. Why does he test us? Now I'm going to retire you. you ready? If a person makes the service, pay attention. Two more minutes. If a person makes the service of Hashem his priority and chooses a life of fear of Hashem and places his trust in Him with respect to his spiritual as well as his worldly matters and steers clear of deplorable things like, like for example, negative character traits. Right? You always choose Hashem and you try to work on yourself, etc. And he yearns for acquiring good character traits. And he has shown total commitment to the observance of Hashem's will in all areas of life. Basically, he becomes like on a very high level. This is not God or a rabbi. This is very, very obtainable. We can all reach this very high level. The the book is for everyone. The emunah, we can all choose to possess. And in addition, he has demonstrated to Hashem that, that... and he does not rebel against him when in a state of tranquility and freedom from the burdens of this world. So you see, it kind of goes on the level. You start from ground A and you've passed the test. Now Hashem gives you more and you pass the test. Now Hashem gives you a lot more. You, now you have a Bentley and you pass the test. Understand? So the more the more madrigot that you go up in life, Hashem isn't to test you with those madrigots. If you fail, you'll either stay where you are or go back to ground one because you, you can't handle it. So It's kind of like a video game. So the more that you go up the ladder, you're basically proving to Hashem that you're a responsible recipient in the good that He wants to give you and you're allowing it to happen. How are you allowing it to happen? Basically, like everything we just said before, by becoming the best version of yourself possible through learning Torah. Very simple. And he does not veer toward the pursuit of leisure and laxity towards the Torah's obligations that, that, that typically come with leisure. So basically he doesn't spend his whole day getting massages and acupunctures and different sorts of, uh, he's, not, he's not always caught up on the, the beauty of money and steakhouses and things. Rather he uses the money to yes, enjoy life, but in moderation. Too much you know, salad is not good for you. It's all about moderation. Enjoy life, I'm not telling you not to drive the nice car, but everything has to be in moderation. No, no one's expecting uh, something crazy from you. No. You have enough money. You gave your masrat. You, ha- you have a lot left. Enjoy life. Buy your wife something nice. It's, it's perfectly fine and normal. But just make sure that you're working on your midot and learning Torah. And the Yetsahara does not persuade him in order to indulge his desires. What does that mean? The Yetzahara gave up. He sees that no matter what I do with this guy, he's set. He has his set shiur and he's there. He, 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 get, he gets this amount of money and he's giving the right amount of tzedakah. Like... I can't fight him, He's, he beat me. It's possible to defeat him. Yet is a bad guy, you can actually strike him down. It's possible to beat him, it really is possible. You just have to believe that you can, and not get, get caught up in what, you, in, in what the version of you did yesterday. By the way, just a quick point, you should know that if you ever look at yourself in the image of what you did yesterday, that's Avodah Zarah. that's idol worship. Because if you have a neshama that's a part of Hashem and Hashem is an unfathomable, unfathomable, unimaginable, never-ending source of good, and you possess that good, and you choose to say, you know what, just because I did that yesterday, let me do it again today. That's Will you When you wake up every day, Rabba Murateh Hashem believes in you that you cannot be, not be like the sin that you made. Sheva Yipol Tzadik you forgot the Ficam part. Second it's over, get up. It's over. It's a, it's a moment in time. It's, it's history. That's it. It doesn't, doesn't define you. You cursed. You got upset. You did something improper or whatever. You spoke bad about someone. You, it doesn't matter. It's not you. You have to wake up every day with a fresh mentality. Fresh mentality. I am not my decisions. My, I am not my shortcomings. I am rather a person that's growing and just trying to do better things and to learn mistakes from all, no, to learn the lesson from the mistake, not to let the mistake define you. What defines you is the fact that you are a piece of Hashem. And how do do I know that? If I had a hundred dollars, right, would you guys want it? hundred percent. If I stepped on it, would you want it? Yes. If I threw water on it, would you want it? If I crumbled it up and threw it, would you want it? You would want it, why? Because you know if I uncrumble it and clean it and dry it, it's a hundred dollars. It's the same exact thing with your soul. If your soul goes to the worst places and does the worst things and speaks the worst about people and steals and kills and everything, it's still the nishanayi Terah. Just clean it up a little bit and it's a diamond. It'll shine again. That's it. That's all you have to do. So now that that's clear, The Esau does not pursue you to indulge in your desires because you showed him that you defeated him. And he is not taken in by the enchantments of the world. If a person reaches this lofty level of spiritual greatness, then he will be relieved of the burden of having to seek out and make use of natural causes in order to obtain his livelihood. If you reach this level, no, when you reach this level, because you all will, amen, you will very soon. It's possible. Give us six months to a year. I promise you'll do it. When you reach this level, where you where you get to a point where the yet Sahara, it's all about being stable. It's not about having a, a very extreme, you know, like, oh, I had a, such a good week. I learned every day and I went to every minyan and I didn't speak about anybody. And I control. I really did it. But then next week you're in the city, it doesn't make any sense. How do you go from such an extreme high to such an extreme low? No, it's about... It, being religious is about being stable. You have, to, you have to be stable in what you do. So if you're a girl that's modest, always be modest. If you're a guy that you know wears tzitzit, always wear tzitzit. If you, if you go to learn for five minutes a day, then do that every single day. Whatever you do, always do it. Be stable. If you break Shabbat on Saturday, but you keep it on Friday night, keep it on Friday night. Break it tomorrow, but be stable with that. Because the only way you're going to grow is by having a foundation. If, if, if you're like one day here and one day there... And like, no, what? First, I want to be not confused, but like you're in middle. Like you could do this and do that, but at the same time, that's still your level. You can't. Yeah, but don't time. switch it up. You can't have extremes. You can't have an extreme like I'm one, one week super modest bad. and one week in jeans. It doesn't make sense. You have to. You have to be yeah. stable and like I dress modest on Shabbat, but during the week, I don't. That, that's consi- yeah consistency. Consistently trying to do better, and to to be honest with yourself and to try to grow slowly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if, if you like I said, if you if you do this, don't don't have such like whoa, doesn't make sense. Like all of a sudden you go and get high. Doesn't make sense. You have to have you have to have balance. Don't have extreme here, extreme down. Okay, it's not healthy. If you want to grow, you have to grow you have to grow slowly. You know, I'll give an example. I've been, I've been I've been like cutting for the past 5 weeks and I, and out of the past Five no six Saturday nights, I ate pizza three of them, the first three. But the last three I didn't. So I I, I broke the diet, but I woke up with the fresh with the fresh attitude and I got myself back on track. So it's not about the fact that I broke on my diet, it's about the fact that I picked myself back up and I kept going and I kept trying. I didn't get in the oh I messed up my diet. No, I kept going stable to the end. So the two, if, if, the, if the two reasons to making hishtadlu do not apply to you anymore, then there is no need for testing your loyalty to Hashem because you already tested your loyalty to Hashem. You showed Hashem that, that when I'm busy at work, I'm not... What's it called? I I'm, I'm, No, I'm being busy at work. I'm showing up to work and I'm not sinning. And when I'm at work, I'm not going against you. When you give me more, I'm not going against you. Whatever happens, I'm on your side. Through thick and through thin, I'm on team Hashem. Always. Then, then, then the risk of you rebelling to Hashem is basically inapplicable to you because you have consistently shown that you stay focused in the service of Hashem even when you're very comfortable. In such a case, his livelihood will come to him easily without preoccupation and without toil. Pay attention to that. Your livelihood will come to you easily without preoccupation and without toil. No work. It's just going to happen. It, it's, it's not that you're going to wake up one day and start to have money drop to you from the sky. It's rather throughout that process of being stable and growing slowly and healthily, healthily your life's going to start to change. Because when you, when you advance to a higher consciousness, you start to think differently. You're like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't work here anymore. Maybe I should do this and try that. When you're growing, things are, th- better things will happen to you and things can actually come to you. That's not true. But overall, it's going to get better. What? Well, anyway. Three sec- you. On, no, three seconds. No. It's literally. I have to, I do have to. Be. What was I saying? Um. Yeah. When you. When basically, throughout that process of of, come, of growing, and coming closer to Hashem, it's not that a miracle is gonna happen. It's 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 not about do. It's not about fulfilling this uh this condition in order to become you know rich. No, because if that's your goal, that's the problem. The goal is to come closer to Hashem. Remember the goal. This is not. To become richer to retire, that is a effect of that. That is an effect of becoming an eved Hashem. When you when you make the priority Torah and you go in that direction, then throughout that process, your life is going to become easier and things are going to happen to you. You just have to trust him throughout the process and do your best. As it is stated, Hashem will not allow the soul of the righteous man to hunger. Any questions? Any questions? Or no. Questions? No? Yes. Beautiful. Oh. No, we're done? Okay. Awesome.